How can we engage the culture, especially in books, music, and movies, with charitable and critical discussion through a lens of faith and as a means of drawing ourselves and others closer to Jesus? I'm Ali LaVille. And I'm Andy Norton. This is Though They Die, talking about the things of this world through the lens of eternity. Today we're discussing A Good Man is Hard to Find by Flannery O'Connor. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's a Monday. <laughs> it's we a are Monday. so this isn't coming out the day after daylight or the, the couple day after. It's a day after day after. It's a day after the day after. We're recording yeah. this on the fourteenth. Oh my gosh, what day? Yeah, it's March fourteenth, and we've been yeah. just slammed by the change in the, the daylight time. savings time oh has absolutely gosh. wrecked us. And wrecked at this us. point, you're listening and you're like, "I'm so over it. That happened like a week <laughs> ago or whatever." But we're we're in it right now. We and are that's in that's it. where we're yeah. at. It's only um, the day after the day that gets you. Because the first day, you're just, you know, you're experiencing it. And then the right. next day. It's and now like, it's like, oh, oh no, it's, this is a reality. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, this morning, my uh, my son was like, it's early morning. Can we play a board game? And I was like, <laughs> no, it's not early morning. Like, I had to help him adjust his understanding. Because oh, he bases it off buddy. of how much sunlight is coming in and all that. So, uh, um, yeah, he's so sweet. Little Ren. Little oh, Ren. Ren. so good. It's amazing. I just, my brain couldn't even do a board. I mean, it could. That's mm. such like a millennial thing to say. <laughs> My brain just can't Maybe. even do it. I don't wake up before 9 a.m. Yeah. If I, I don't wake my body is not able to do anything before 10.30. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. <laughs> I just totally, like, alienated <laughs> millions of people. That's we are, horrible. We are millennials, aren't we? Are I mean, you? I'm technically Gen Z because no. I'm 98. No. But I function like a boomer, <laughs> so I call myself okay, a can millennial. Can't confirm. Can't confirm. Somewhere in the middle there. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, we are waking up, though, and uh, we're waking up to talk about A Good Man is Hard to Find. Which a is book. so sad. It's so it's sad. So yeah, sad. it is. It is. We're gonna, I have a sound effect. Oh, that I would like you, to play because it's so sad. Oh, and hopefully, is it? Is it, is it, is it the, I think it's no, this, this one. one. This one. This one right here. No, no, no this is like oh. a, a fun sound. Oh, it's a fun sound. So yes. none of our only two of our buttons here <laughs> are color coded, and so the rest of them, it's kind of like best guess <laughs> yes, sort of thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is the. <laughs> so lovely. So nice. So uplifting and refreshing. And uplifting. <laughs> now get ready for Flannery O'Connor. Oh my gosh, Flannery O'Connor is more like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no. That, it is way more intense than that. No, this is a seriously intense and sad story. Very intense. Um, okay, so a good man is hard to find. I'm just going to jump into it because I'm assuming you've either read this or you haven't, and it's got to be one of the two, <laughs> right? One of the two, I it's think. true. So what be. we're going to say is for those who have not read it, here's a quick synopsis. Uh, so spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Big spoilers. This is, um, mm, where'd it go? Mm, here we go. A good man is hard to find is a Southern Gothic sh- short story. First published in 1953 by author Flannery O'Connor, who, in her own words, described it as, quote, the story of a family of six, which on its way driving to Florida from Georgia, gets wiped out by an escaped convict who calls himself the misfit. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the synopsis. There it is, um, folks. Flannery O'Connor, if you guys don't know this, uh, was a southern... Uh, young woman, Catholic, very devout, uh, regular mass goer, lover of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. etc. Um, who was a writer, and mm-hmm. she wrote these what they call Gothic, like Southern Gothic, is like her style. So it's like very Southern. All these themes, and even yeah. the way she writes their their dialogue, right? Is uh, how do you, what do you think about the dialogue? How that, how how it was written? 
What do you, uh, I mean, it, nothing... Okay, so maybe I'm a simpleton. Nothing stood out to me as being starkly different than, I guess, any other, like, Southern story in particular, especially so, as far sure, as, but, like... But I guess what I mean is, like, like she does, like, write it in a way that makes you think, like, Southern accents, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. set up... I mean, it's it feels very much like a Southern conversation. I mean, besides... Yeah. Like, if from anything, from the way they interact, I mean, probably the biggest... I don't know. There's so the two biggest bits of dialogue I would say are when they're at Red Sammy's, mm. and she's talking with Red Sammy himself. Hey, hey and read, read a line. Read a line of dialogue. Oh we do this. God. I want to hear because Lee himself is so a Southern funny. gentleman. I southern gentleman. Okay. Well, aren't you from Kansas? I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But you were That's born where my Baton Rouge. Family's from. That's I was right. raised in Kansas. Yeah, but again, like technically your heart is Dixon. even more Southern than that. It's more true. Southern. This than is that. true. He's a. <laughs> A southern boomer. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many people just had a, a shiver go down their spine at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Southern. No. No, anything but a southern boomer. Oh, I'm melting. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, you, no, you have, yeah, you have a lo- lovely southern heart, and I want to hear you read. Oh, just a line. Just a line from here, just so that the, the listeners can get a, a sense of how this, how this is. Mm, two fellas came... Came in here last week, Red Sammy said, driving a Chrysler. And it was an old beat-up car, but it was a good one. And these boys looked all right to me. Said they worked at the mill, and, you know, I let them fellas charge the gas they bought. <laughs> now, why'd I do that? <laughs> yeah, Nice. That was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, so it's, it's both, like you said, it's both just like the uh, the specific words she uses kind of makes you feel the accent. I had to also, look up so many words. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, how, and just how they're talking mm-hmm. to each other, what they're talking about. Yeah. The style of, of talking is, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, so it's very Southern, but it's got this Gothic thing. So uh, most of her stories are a, a little disturbing. Yeah. Um, this one's a lot disturbing. Like it's, yes. it's very dark. So uh, to compare it to those who are movie watchers, I, I honestly, I think it's like a Quentin Tarantino in terms of how extreme the violence is. Yeah. Um, as well as like there's these long conversations that are filled with deep themes Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of a dangerous situation between someone stakes who has the high. power. Yeah. When the stakes keep going too, it's not stale. Mm-hmm. So they, um, what's the word I was going to say? They, they kind of, I mean, so they have this, there's a conversation at the end, the final yes, conversation yeah, yeah. that occurs before the climax and the, the brief, very brief falling action. And in that conversation, it is, the stakes are continually high because people keep dying. So it's right. not as though everyone dies at once, um, but it's kind of a weird, like methodical execution. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the stakes just keep kind of raising. And so while the conversation is, I guess, rather long for a short story, especially considering it's the longest conversation in the, yes, in the yeah, story, yeah, yeah. it doesn't necessarily feel like that because the, the stakes are very high. So, um, yeah, right. I, I, it's funny you say Quentin Tarantino. I got, I was, I thought more like Get Out if there wasn't a, a nice ending. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it okay. gave me that kind of vibe oh, of like. I feel like this is more. Yeah, like if if a Jordan Peele horror, and I haven't seen. Is it Us? Is that Us, the yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. other one? And then he's what's Nope? Is that the, the um, yeah nope, nope is the one that's coming out. So, but Get Out's the only one I've seen, and okay. great movie. Um, but if it hadn't had, uh, you know, a happy ending, right? I think it would be. Very Flannery O'Connor. That's so interesting. It no, was what I think it started right. marked me as. I like that. I like that. No, I think you're right. It wasn't exactly like Quentin Tarantino, but I just mean like the extreme violence and like oh the. Yeah. I'm thinking of like there's just those times where you're like 
someone's about to get shot here, but they're talking mm-hmm. about like God and um, mm-hmm. justice and like really deep themes um, is how it felt like a Quentin Tarantino. Sure, and then the co- sure. it felt more like a Coen Brothers film to me in terms of also having, you know, they also have kind of surprised violence and they have uh, the accents mm-hmm. and the, and the themes mm-hmm. like the very like, yeah, the Gothic themes, the scriptural uh, allusions, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, that's a fa- fascinating. And I think you're right with the, with the get out. Cause get out is that film where there's a lot of racial themes mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and other like, yeah, you're seeing like a Southern family in a sense, uh, kind of get a sort of, in a sense, you kind of don't feel bad for what comes to them. Um, and it's, it's, there's a similar thing here where like, I, I would love to hear if your thoughts on kind of what happens to the family and how you felt about it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe before we do that, so we have, we have the synopsis, we've given up, we've said like, you know, kind of how this is similar to things, but for those who want to just hear like the whole story list. I'm, I just have a quick summary of basically what happens. Yeah, so totally. All right. So there's this old lady living with her son, Bailey and his family. Uh, and they're playing, planning to take a family trip to Florida. Uh, and the old, the old lady is reading about this dangerous criminal that's on the loose called the misfit. And she's mentioning this to her, mm-hmm. her, son. her son. I think she's kind of like, why are we going this way? She's trying to get out of going to Florida. She'd rather go. Yeah. To Tennessee. She wants to go somewhere. She wants to go on a, <laughs> Um, sorry, there's a freaking stink bug on my shoulder. Ah, <laughs> get off of here, bud. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like that was like foreshadowing of, of your connection. Oh no, stop. Oh my no. gosh. Anyways, um, so she, yeah, she's, she's trying to get out, out of going to Florida, but she does want to go on a trip. She wants to get yeah, out of there. She wants to go to Tennessee. Um, she wants to go to Tennessee. Um, and the, uh, and it's very much foreshadowing. The fact that she's like talking about this misfit criminal in the newspaper is, is, you know, heavy foreshadowing. Um, but she decides to go along with them and she secretly stows her cat, Pity Singh, in a basket in the car. Uh, and then as they're driving, she actually convinces them to stop off at this house that she knows in Georgia. Um, though too late, she remembers it is in Tennessee, not in Georgia. So they're going down like this old dirt road. I think it's just like a really, no one goes along it, probably mm-hmm. a really bad road with, you know, um, bumpy and, and all that sort of thing. I think something surprises the cat. The cat springs out into the driver's shoulder, causes an accident mm-hmm. where people are hurt, but nobody's killed. And then, a, so then they're waiting for a car to come help them. And this car does come down the road. Uh, it kind of looks like a black hearse type of um, uh, car mm-hmm. again, foreshadowing that sort of something bad's going to happen here. Uh, and these three men get out, um, Hiram, Bobby Lee, and the misfit, and they get stressed out by the children. They basically start t- talking to the family. It's pretty clear, uh, pretty quickly to the family that they're kind of being held hostage now by these three guys. Um, and uh, the grandma fatally, the grandma recognizes the misfit from like maybe his picture in the paper mm-hmm. and says like, you think you're the misfit, um, which ends up he, him being like, you know, you shouldn't have said that, you know, like, uh, cause now he has to get rid of them. So what happens is, is that he, they, he has the other guys take, um, the father and the son out into the woods and you hear pistol shots and, uh, the misfit and the and the gra- and the old lady are having this conversation beginning, and then uh, they take the the mother and the daughter and the baby out to the woods, shoot them. They're continuing to have this conversation, and then ultimately, uh, the grandma had the, and has like this moment of almost like c- 
connection mm-hmm. with him. Like feels like she's starting to get through to him like in a small way. And she kind of like has this kind of random thing she feels or says. I think she says, uh, you're one of my children. Yeah. Or wow. You're one of my babies. You're, you're one of my own children. And she reaches out to touch him and the misfit like just recoils like she, like he's being touched by a snake uh, and jumps back and, and just shoots her in the chest three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's killed. And then, and then ha- he has that, that, that line, I think for me was the most memorable line from when I first read it, which was, she would have been a good woman. The misfit said, if it had been somebody there to shoot her every minute of her life. Woof. <laughs> so yeah. really dark, really dark. Um, and just another thing though, with this, like at the very beginning of the story, you get the sense that the woman is like probably a bit racist. Definitely. Um, definitely mm-hmm. quite, quite self-centered mm-hmm. and selfish. The kids are kind of brats. The parents of the kids, you kind of, the, the kids being brats kind of reflects on, on the, the parents. parents. Yeah. So you aren't really loving the family, but they're people. No, it's not a whimsical adventure or anything. No, yeah. no. Um, and so that's just an interesting, that was always an interesting element to me is that there's a way in which it doesn't feel uh, tragic exactly in the, in the way of like, they're not likable characters in a sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not as though we followed Odysseus and he gets finally to his wife and then dies tragically or something. Like, no, no, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's weird because they're they're people. And so I remember when they... I just read this a few minutes ago. Uh, Yeah, first impressions. Yeah, so I I think... I love when you have your first impressions. You have great (laughs) first impressions. Thank you, Andy. (laughs) Thank you so much. My gosh. Yeah, no, I think... That's not so funny. I don't know why I do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, like no. I, I might as well have just I, said I nothing that. at that I point. That. You no, taught no, me. No, that. I don't know if I taught that. I say that all the time. Jeez, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I, I love the, fa- the fact that the space yeah, fillers. no is the opposite of um, no, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you end on That's is so the thing funny. you mean. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, I think, yeah, we need to remember the whole, like your yes mean yes. Crutches, you know crutches. Mean no. Yeah, verbal crutches. And your yeah, no mean no. And your yeah, no And your no, yeah, mean yeah. Okay. What does the English language come to? What is it? I think that the feelings when the family does die were strangely absent. And so it wasn't so much that I was happy that they were dead. It was more that I was just kind of disgusted that I didn't really even feel yeah. anything. I think the most tragic thing for me was the baby. Yeah. So there's so when the father and son, we presume, get killed. It, that is something worth noting. They don't explicitly say that they died. Mm. I don't think anyway, but it's it's kind of like no, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely what's. But it's like they died, there. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is in, which is a stark contrast to the, I, and it makes you feel the right. grandmother's death more because they explicitly say he. I'll just read the line. The misfit sprang back as if a snake had bitten him and shot her three times through the chest. Yeah. So when we just hear pistol shots previously, now it's like we know where he shot. We know how many times, ta- you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and previously uh, that was not the case. So the, I think the the pistol reported kind of thing, like a confirmed yeah. suspicion was how the 
the, the for the first people. And, w- and what was it about the baby that like baby being killed? So the baby has innocence, right? right. I mean, blissfully yeah. removed from all of this, uh, the baby is not the failed parents. The baby is not the bratty kids yet. Mm-hmm. The baby is innocent. And I will say it's interesting. Flannery does an interesting thing. The only time she ever characterizes the baby uh, that is unique to the child is when the grandmother's telling it a story and the baby, I, I think it's something like gives like a half hearted smile mm. or something to the grandmother. Um, hmm. when she offers to hold the baby, uh, for the mother. Hmm. I want to find that line, but, um, I, yeah, so I, I think, I think the baby was the really like, the, the tragic thing I felt right. anyway. Well, it's um, interesting though. I think it's very important that the baby was a part of it because because yes. a, a huge theme I think in the story is this idea of justice and injustice, and and the misfit says, uh, "I call myself the misfit because I can't make what all I'd done wrong fit what all I'd gone through in punishment." So I'll say that again. Can you say that? Cause you're <laughs> yeah, where is it? What page? Um, uh, it's uh, uh, right here. The um, This line right here. I'll just read it. I call myself the misfit, he said, because I can't make what all I've done wrong fit what all I've done through. Oh, well, gone, gone yeah. through in punishment. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Okay, hold on. I call myself the misfit, he said, because I can't make what all I've done wrong fit what all I've gone through in punishment. Exactly. Boom. That's a really interesting because because he, he has this thing where he like kind of says he he forgets why he was put in prison for the first time, right? Um, and he and he has yeah just this sense of injustice that like almost like he he says like it doesn't matter if I killed a man or if I you know cut his tires I'm still gonna go like I'm gonna be punished and they're gonna they're gonna punish me and and like it's not necessarily gonna fit the crime and and so similarly you have this sense of like is the is the baby innocent or not? Like, is a baby deserving mm. of punishment? Like, clearly, it's there's no justice there in a sense that, like that the baby would be mm-hmm. killed. Like, it, it's done nothing. Unlike even like you, like you were mentioning the, the bratty children who were like really bratty, like said some like pretty nasty, really nasty stuff, stuff to yeah. people early in the in the book. And but the thing is, like, I mean, with uh, original sin, mm-hmm. you have this sense of of you know, what is in a sense, you know, and what Mm -hmm. is like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's interesting themes there that she's tapping into these questions of like, um, who is innocent? Uh, it's the human condition almost is to very quickly not be innocent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, um, in a, in a sense, we're not, we're not we're not innocent at birth mm-hmm. by you know by by uh baptism by, by well, b- well by nature of um of our of our uh, uh of the of the original sin that we have oh, in in, oh, in, right. in in our in Adam uh and Eve um yeah. but that by baptism obviously like that's wiped away right um right and we're and but and and yet still I don't know you know what I'm so saying? I There's think no personal right. personal um sin no, I, I think there's an interest. I think the line that does it that I found that clarifies is up to up to the misfit showing up. You're kind of lulled. I won't. Yeah, I yeah. think you're kind of lulled into thinking that the grandma is the righteous figure in the story. Yeah, you see that she's got problems. You're like, okay, this woman clearly has problems, but like it seems like she's trying. You right, know, she right. wants 
She wants her... It's mostly from her perspective. Too. Right. She wants her son to be well, and we yeah. see her interact with Red Sammy and stuff, and we're like, okay, she's probably racist, but, like, she doesn't seem, you know, like, yeah. uh, venomous or anything. Well, even with that, her, her racism almost seems like a, uh, like, just kind of a culturally... Uh, right, uh, right. And so as a reader, way. you're like, okay, well, this is this woman, you know, grew up in a time of heavy segregation. There's still right. currently segregation right. at this time. And she's not being venomous, right. so it's like, all right, I mean, I can, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, actually, the misfit shows up, and you're like, oh, wow, no, this woman is definitely not the righteous figure. She's pleading for her life, and she's appealing to his, like, bloodline, which is a very Southern thing to appeal that yeah. you come from good blood. Like, yeah. so very Southern yeah. uh, to be, like, your family upbringing is basically you and your worth mm. is a very... So I, I haven't found it at least in the Midwest or the North Gosh. here in Minnesota. But so I think it gives the line and this is the only real description of the baby. Um, she rolled her eyes and screwed up her mouth and stuck her leathery fin face into his smooth, bland one. So she's playing with the mm-hmm, baby. Mm-hmm. Occasionally he gave her a far away smile. And I think that is a clue that Flannery leaves as to saying this child is actually the only righteous one that you have met so far. Right. Because his smile is far away. Like he's removed Mm. from this kind of fake life that they're living, this illusion that they're living as though, you know, all is getting to go on the right vacation or all is getting to find the secret door at this dumb mansion or all is, you know, just putting up with it. Like the father seems to be doing. Um, The mother's not, great either but second to the baby the mother is like she's just caring for the baby the whole Mm -hmm. time so her her character is so interesting to me because she doesn't stand up for anything really um she doesn't you know kind of put her husband in place or anything like that yeah but she does care for the baby and so there's an amount of not innocence there but necessity kind of thing and and role filling Mm -hmm. i guess that the husband hasn't done like he's not being a father or a husband um the mother is mothering her baby though and so there's in that sense i see like some but she's but yeah again i I don't know and i you know so the mother i kind of i pity almost because i'm like i don't i don't really know like what this woman's going through you know like i mean her husband sucks (laughs) yeah (laughs) just call a spade a spade well she's the only one who doesn't get a name either i don't think right you get you don't hear her name no, I guess her and the misfit. Yeah, yeah we never know yeah. their names. Yeah, which is weird because you know the kids' names. Yeah, you know, Bailey, the 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 dad's. Name. Yeah, so I, I sympathize greatly with the mother. I mean, she really doesn't stand out to me as because I I have I would have a hard time criticizing her because I see everything stacked against her. Her husband's mm-hmm. against her. Her kids are against her. Her mother-in-law's against her, and now she's got these you know blatant felons. Yeah, killing her off her family. You know, yeah. like I. Yeah. So I I don't know I I I really. I sympathize mm. with the mother and I think the baby is the only one that I think the baby is closest to God um, for sure. And yeah. And then, so the, the misfit is interesting because he's very aware of, of the Lord. He's probably the most aware of Jesus um, talks about him a great deal in this concluding dialogue. And which is interesting because I'd argue he's, he's with Satan, right? for sure, mm-hmm. with Satan on this path he's on. Uh, but because of that, he is, he's actively choosing it. It's not its not as though he's living some lukewarm life like the family is. Yeah. 
he's more aware of the spiritual realities and Ooh. he's chosen evil. Yeah. Um, but That's interesting. he's more, I, and I don't want to say he's more grounded because clearly he's out of touch, Right. but he's more aware of spiritual realities. He's just chosen evil. Mm. Um, yeah. You're making me think of like the, isn't there a scripture verse that says, uh, um, even the, even the demons believe yeah, they know and, Jesus. And yeah, they um, say his name. Yeah, and there's this way in which you're like, like that, you know, Satan is more, has more like assurance of the reality of God than, than many people. Yeah. Know? But he chooses t- against him, chooses, right. you know, non serviam, I will not serve. Uh, and so similarly, like the misfit, there's that line where he says, uh, I think the woman mentioned something about Jesus, and the, and like the, the t- and uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe like says, I think she's upset that, that you know that the, that they're that that her family's being killed and and she mm-hmm. ma- she calls out to Jesus, but he says Jesus was the only one that ever raised the dead, and he shouldn't have done it. He's shown everything off balance. If he did what he said, then it's nothing for you to do but throw away everything and follow him. And if you didn't, then it's nothing for you to do but enjoy the few minutes you got left the best way you can by killing somebody or burning down his house or doing some other meanness to him. No pleasure but meanness. And so there's, yeah, he has a clarity of like, if Jesus was raised from the dead and did what he said, then like you should, there's nothing you should do except throw everything and follow him. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, then like you should just, you know, enjoy your life doing do whatever. Um, and, um, and so I, that's straight up a scripture verse too, right? Where, I mean, it's a kind of a cross, it's like a, the, uh, the parallel to St. Paul saying, saying, yeah, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, he has like that clarity, that like yeah. If Jesus did what he said, and if he should have done should have done that, but he says it's like, and he shouldn't have done it. So like, so it's almost like he acknowledges that Jesus did it, did it, he, but but While says at the he same shouldn't time, have done it, which, which is, is interesting because thing, he's yeah. also operate. I mean, he says if he didn't do it, then the only thing left to do is burn houses and stuff and yeah. kill people, which is what he's doing. Even yeah, he acknowledges that Jesus did do it by yeah. saying he shouldn't have done it. Right. And he, but yeah. but he says he shouldn't have done it. So I think there's this way in which it's like, that is that you're right. Like that is like the 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 choice of Satan. And I think too often it's it's our choice too, right? Like yeah, I think sometimes we paint our our um, selves as um, uh, people of unbelief, mm. and that is I think often true. Is like oh, I'm struggling to believe. I'm you know I'm wrestling through faith. You know, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes I know in my life there's been times where I don't feel like a lack of faith, but I still choose. I still choose against him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what Judas did too. I mean, Jesus is right there, you know? Yeah. I don't think there was a lack of faith in him. I'm sure there was in a way. I'm sure. sure theologians don't don't criticize me. But, um, <laughs> but on some level, like, he knew he was right there. He saw yeah, Jesus he saw doing Jesus. He saw Jesus. Like, I've seen Jesus heal. do things. I've, yeah, I've amen. seen amen. Him working in our lives, yeah, and yet sometimes I still just choose against him, and and mm-hmm. and, and almost have this this idea of like he shouldn't have done it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I don't throw everything and follow him, even though I know that's yeah like what what the the necessary f- um, 
thing that follows from that. Yeah. I mean, I, sorry, again, scripture, like the, the rich young man mm-hmm. who, again, like he wants to follow Jesus. Like he sees that he should, but he doesn't cause he has too many possessions and he mm-hmm. goes away sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, and, you know, I think different people do that for different reasons. It's not always because of possessions. There's this, yeah. this misfit is he's doing it for a different reason, which is yeah. why I think this story is so fascinating and has so much value is cause like, yeah, it's, he's not, he's not a person who's had possessions that he's, he's experienced injustice mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know. There's some real d- depth there. I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's the classic, um, thing about, are you actually ready to die? You know, I mean the, the yeah. very common memento mori is a, I love, okay. So I love like the Catholic merch game. Like when it stepped up because previously, and if you make these t-shirts, I'm so sorry if this offends you. Previously, the only Catholic shirt you could get was like the Coca-Cola logo redone to say Catholic. You know, I remember that being like the classic, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I went to Steubenville and now have a t-shirt that says Catholic in the Coca-Cola font. Coca-Cola doesn't sponsor us. Um, oh we're open gosh. to that though. Maybe oh are we? No, no we're, we're not, not. We're not no, actually we're not. open no, to no, that. Uh, <laughs> we, sorry, Coke. At any rate, but previously or recently, I should say, it is now this super trendy, like, ooh, did mm. you get that at H&M or did mm. you get that at, you know, insert cool Catholic store? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Big shout out to the Powell campaign. <laughs> they were my f- they were my gateway to mm. Catholic merch. Nice. Uh, but <laughs> at any rate, big trending thing for all these companies is usually they'll go through like a memento mori phase and they're right. like, yeah, school and stuff and like right. skater vibes or whatever they're going for. I think for the amount that that phrase is thrown around – and I don't thrown around is is not I don't think that's not generous enough of me right as far as like assuming people's intention uh, for as much as that phrase is spoken and for as much as it is talked about the memento mori memento mori right remember yeah. your death I don't know how often and I'll speak personally because I don't know everyone mm, else is mm-hmm. right I don't know how often I I actually let that reality totally, sink in totally. it's like no 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 like I will die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and I will be face to face with my maker and the, an accountability of my life is going to be presented, I, I guess, of yeah. some sort. And, yeah. and I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to witness yeah. that. Right. You know, yeah. um, how, how ready, how ready am I? And I think the, the beautiful thing here is that, so even though the story is very dark, it's actually, I, it does have some hope in it. The grandma has mm. a deathbed conversion. Yeah. She, in a kind of instance of clarity, a moment of clarity. Um, We'll just read it verbatim. Uh, his voice seemed about to crack and the grandmother's head cleared for an instant. She saw the man's face twisted close to her own as if he were going to cry. And she murmured, mm. why you're one of my babies. You're one of my own children. She reached down and touched him on the shoulder. They may have the whole death scene, but she has this moment where all of the things that she has previous that have previously made her, uh, I would I would say, la- like previously made her not virtuous, lacking virtue, right, are kind of healed and made whole. So she hasn't raised her son well, yeah, I would argue, uh, and she hasn't loved him well in this current state, mm-hmm. um, trying to get him back to be a good father mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. I don't think she's doing a very good job. I don't think she's seen other people 
well as children. So I think she's been thinking a yeah. lot of herself. Yeah. And so this this statement, wow, you're one of my babies, you're one of my own children, is is a total conversion moment where it's like, no, I yeah. why am I trying to save my own life? Like you're the one who's hurting. Who's hurting. Yeah, and it's wow. interesting that her kind of sensibilities lead her to be like, well, you need to pray. You need to pray to Jesus. And she, I think she means it right. But I think it's still out of self-preservation, but you know, it's interesting how his name is said enough. I think he, he comes into the situation yeah. and I think he's present there. And I think it's no surprise then that there's kind of a moment of clarity after his name has been spoken. And there's kind of, I think I th- I'm betting she's praying and he's being spoken about a lot. And she has this moment of clarity, like, no, Gosh. You are one of my own children. And yeah. that's in a sense, it's kind of the words of Jesus reaching out to the misfit, which is why he springs back like mm. a snake, right? Because mm-hmm. he's so full of the evil one and his own selfishness and everything that when this these words of Christ, which are, in a, in a sense, words that we, we need to receive every day from the Father, why you're one of my babies, mm. you're one of my own children, Gosh. Um, need to really pierce us and we need to sit there and allow him to touch us and seep into us. And the misfit's not letting that happen, right? He's totally full of himself, full of the evil one. And so when these words touch him with the physical action of her um, touching him on the shoulder, he springs back because it's like touching holy water for Mm. a vampire or Mm -hmm. something, you know? Um, He just can't take it and immediately reacts and kills her because that goodness is is too good for him, right? He's mm-hmm. too disgusting now. Yeah. He can't allow any goodness to touch him Gosh. because he's so despicable. Ah, so low of Elite, so. I, you, God darn, you are just, uh, that's a great, that's a beautiful message, message and a beautiful interpretation of that. Because even though, actually, I'm thinking now, the bam, 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 three shots in the three. chest. Trinitarian, it's like a, it's like a baptism. It's like a baptism. Baptism in fire, by baptism fire. in blood. Yeah, yeah frick. That's so cool. I love that. And that really means Shoot, a lot. Do you think Flannery did that on purpose? Three <laughs> shots for like a baptism in fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Flannery, you dog. Well, guys, you clever well, girl. No, but that's, dude, you're clever for seeing that. Because honestly, I don't know if it's just my heart, like where my heart's been every time I've read this. But every time I've read this, mm-hmm. I've not actually even like really seen or ex- at least accepted mm. her conversion. I think mm. I've just seen that like go- the tragedy for me is almost just like, gosh, what an ugly heart that she's like, um... Mm fighting for her own life at the end yeah. here. She's just seemingly doesn't even understand like the, her situation fully and like, and just pathetic in so many ways. And then just yeah. gets shot in cold blood. Yeah. And I didn't see the moment of, of clarity, but I, I think it's absolutely true that she has that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. But I just saw like the, almost the, the, the tragedy. Cause for some people that they don't have that moment of clarity, you know, no. and, and they do end in just, just yeah. pathetic, um, uh, and just dying cold blood. And so, yeah. Gosh, which, I yeah. love that. Which and we it, assume is the children and the yeah. father. So Flannery definitely, I think, gives us that as yeah. well. Yeah. Especially because we don't know. So it's it's reasonable to assume at that point that they didn't change and that the kids died brats and that the father died yeah. a bad, like a not father and a poor husband. And yeah. um, and so the tragedy is, and we kind of begin to feel the tragedy when it's the baby, I think, at least, and the mother who I, again, I think has questionable, yeah. you know, uh, fault. Mm-hmm. Um and then we get grandma with her little conversion. Yeah. Um, I just, I, this just all really strikes me though too. Cause like, so just to be vulnerable, my, so my mom has uh, mm. Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and so just something that I think when I read this story, there's a way in which like how dazed she is mm-hmm. during that whole uh, time um, reminds me a bit of 
just how how dazed you can be or that mm. you are on under uh the condition of alzheimer's and it's there's many times i think about how good and holy and saintly my my mom was in her life mm. like over the many many years and how faithful she was and now i just i i think about where is her will in this when her mind is so clouded um do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. real big questions that I have about just like where, like, is it? It's not. If you just keep your full faculties all your life, it's it's almost easier to see. Like, well, there you go. There's where you ended. Yeah. There's, there's where your your will was in this regard at the end of you know your life. Um, and it's just I I think about you know where has her will been, uh, and just to to be clear, like, oh my gosh, it's like so much. There's, I, I believe there is so much mercy in mm-hmm. <laughs> that God pours out oh my on gosh, the heart yeah. that uh, that is, you know, again, a f- you know, faithful woman her whole life and um, incredible uh, woman, mm. woman of faith and lover of her family and mm-hmm. sa- sacrificing every day, all day. Um, but uh, but still, just just from a from a linear logical standpoint, which is how we often think or meant mm-hmm. to think. Uh, it's just hard to to grasp where she's at, especially during those times where she's um, not being like herself, saying things she doesn't mean, you know, all those sorts of things. And it's and yeah, just wrestling through all that. Um, mm-hmm. And in a way, I feel like I can. I I I think I just trust to the fact that, like, you know, in a sense, like her her um her heart like is it's back there with those decisions made every every day mm-hmm. day after day after day like that represents her more than you know what she's saying now yeah. how, how she is now like those yeah. sorts of things and so it's interesting looking at someone like this who maybe she's lived her whole life kind of you know bratty selfish self-centered mm-hmm. who knows like she's all has all that does she revert in this, in a sense? I think she kind of reverts back to that. And so in a sense, I think you're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of seep out mm-hmm. for this woman in this moment of terror. Yeah. Um, but, but you're right that she breaks through that too. And I think makes that choice. So I, I don't know exactly where I'm going with that, but it's really, it's an intense thing to think about. Yeah. Like when, when you're, when you're, I don't know. I, I can think about it for myself. I'm just like, I need to make, decisions now in my life when i have mm. full clarity yeah and like choose for christ like don't make wait it, around there's a, i think pope benedict talks about this idea of a, a, oh what a man like a, the fundamental option for christ i think mm. is the phrase he uses and the idea there i think is um that while on the one hand we have our moment to moment choices mm-hmm. for or against christ you know mm-hmm. um choices of virtue choices of vice there's this other way in which we also like could look at it like what is like the fundamental option of your life like what is your what have you really chosen Mm. in your life like is is your life for christ have you chosen the good have you have you laid down your life or is it not is it against that you know Mm. what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i think that for me that's always been a helpful paradigm because I, I just know, like, I, 
I try to look at my life as like, yes, here's the choices I made last week or whatever, or here's the choices I'm making today. But how does that, like, what is my full, like, life choice? Mm-hmm. And, how, and am I living into that? Mm. Am I, am, 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 is it true that my life is for Christ mm-hmm. fundamentally? And any choices away from that are a choice mm-hmm. away from, like, my, my option for Christ. Yeah. Um, and... I think that that's the best way to memento mori. I think yeah, is, amen. Come is on. like bring it back, bring it back. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, bring it home. Rope it in, rope it in. Bring no, it no, home. no, no. It's just <laughs> a circling <laughs> around. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, you, you've been great. You've been great. <laughs> no, just because like because I think it is a way. There is a way in which like on the one hand, your choice could be against Christ, like yeah. like the thief on the cross, like this woman, and like maybe this woman. I don't know, but but making that last second choice. Um, there's so much grace that God gives us, even in the moment of oh death. My gosh, yeah. that's why we pray millions of Hail Marys in the church, I think is, is, you know, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Cause I think there's so that much moment. grace that's poured yeah. out there. Well, and the, well, there's so much grace and then the evil one is trying yes. so very yes. hard. Yeah. So I think it's remarkable deathbed conversions. I do not think are something to be taken lightly because they have a habitual disposition towards the, the evil, right? The yeah. bad. Yeah. And in that moment, they say yes to God. It's yeah. kind of incredible, absolutely, because they've been trained to not totally. And so it's I, it's it's incredible. But and as incredible as that is, we also have to see then that people who have a habitual disposition towards the good, there is a chance that in the last moment they despair. Yeah, ab- which is exactly. is, is terri- yeah. It should terrify yeah. us. I think. Like yes. I think that's really. I think we should be very scared of that. Yes, you, you should have a way in which you are, like that 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 you are. Uh, what's the scripture? You know, working out your salvation in fear, fear and trembling. And trembling you know, yeah. like um, not from a not, not from like a fundamentally fear, but rather love, because love casts out all fear. Uh, right, know, to, right. To, to to you know set those two in yeah. juxtaposition so you can more place yourself in the humble shoes you're in. That yeah. you you are. Yeah. Uh, you you know you, you you can fall right yes, like you yes, know exactly. yeah that's not to say the Lord's mercy isn't sufficient but you can fall you exactly need to be prepared Exa- yeah. exactly exactly so I think uh, but I think yeah I think you're right and and so I, I really I think that's the takeaway from this this book isn't it? and yeah like you said though not in the t-shirt way not in like the oh this is like a memento mori thing memento mori like, t-shirts yeah, are okay yeah exactly uh, <laughs> but <laughs> if no, that's if that's everything if that's for you it, yeah that's where it ends if that's though, where it ends gosh, yeah no no look no. a little deeper exactly and so so looking at this and, and thinking like yeah what is the fundamental option of my life and how am i today mm-hmm. living from that yeah um, come on how am i again coming back to the gospel and, and choosing to follow him and like the misfit says like uh, throwing away everything to follow mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. like because if he is the one who raised the dead, and should have done that, like then you got, you got to do that. Just throw away everything and follow him. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, well, that I love that. I love that message. I love that message. And la- maybe one like last kind of thing totally, to bring up on. would be, I was just interested. So for you, were you on a retreat team with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, so yeah. you traveled around. I did. Yeah. Traveled around. I did. I just. I just wonder. I just sometimes I think when I read something like this and think about like them, them <laughs> driving around. Ministry. Well, they're, they're like stopping <laughs> at places. Or is it uh, sure, Red, sure. Red Sammies? Uh, they're having these conversations with people. Oh, Clearly, sure. you never had like a you know gun to your head no, uh, type no. of conversation with these characters. There has been but teams. Did, but did this remind yeah. you at all? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but did this remind you at all of like um, traveling around and having like kind of deep, co- surprising conversations with people in in, Absolutely. in America? Absolutely. So. The Just Lord puts yeah, you yeah. where you need to be yeah. when you're on a retreat team or on a discipleship team too. Yeah, totally. Because you've kind of, not kind of, you have gone to him 
and said, hello, I would like to give my life to you. Yeah. And I feel called to give it to you in a specific way this year. Yeah. And then you are obedient to your schedule. Right. And because of that, you're, you're going where you have to go, yeah. right? You don't really have a choice. You're, you're going where you have to go in order to do the retreat and this sort of thing. And so because of that, you're very free mm. for, for just encounters that you can't plan. Because you had to stop at that gas station in order to get to that place anyway. Yeah. And you had to go to this host family or you had to, you know, go to this restaurant real quick for a quick bite or whatever, you know, which is really cool because, you know, for the rest of most of our lives, you're going to be making your own schedule and this sort of thing. And you got to be, you got to be attuned to, you know, what the Lord may be, where he may be asking you to go. If he's like, Hey, I need you to go talk to that person or whatever. Like I need you to go to this store or whatever. And that isn't to say there's not opportunity for that on the road, but it, it's it's much more straightforward, I think. Right. And because of that, yeah, you absolutely have just some ridiculous, and by ridiculous, I mean no human <laughs> could concoct kind of <laughs> situation yeah, yeah. or conversation yeah. because people just seem to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I'm trying to think of uh, things that I have experienced. Did you ever meet I had someone a, um, like the misfit? Oh yeah, go, go ahead. I was, I was actually visiting a team and there was a woman uh, in the back of the church who was saying, my son needs help or something, something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, okay, like what's your, you know, I can pray for your son or whatever kind of thing. She's like, no, you need to call him. And I was like, Uh-oh. um, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. sure, yeah, I'll call your son, like, yeah. absolutely, ma'am. She's like, thank you, thank you so yeah, much. Like, yeah. and she, you know, she's telling me you know, all this story and this sort of thing. And, and so I, I straight up, I texted the son, left him a voicemail, nothing ever came from it. Yeah. But she was like expecting me to solve family problems or something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ma'am, I can't, yeah. I can't solve yeah. your family problems, but I'll call your son. Yeah. yeah. Let him know you're worried about yeah. him or whatever. Yeah. So that's like a little thing, but then you'll get people that, I know I've heard stories. Uh, I, I don't think this is something I've experienced anyway. The other thing, okay, so the other thing is, like, I, I very easily forget significant things. Oh, so yeah. So I'll, like, I'll pray over somebody in a gas station or whatever mm-hmm. and then totally forget about <laughs> it kind of thing. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, like, my version of, like, forgetting the confessional or whatever <laughs> when someone pours out their heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, there's here's one I do remember. They We were, I was staying with Cord Dorsey. He was a mm. wonderful man. Wonderful man. And he ran uh, or co-ran i guess a men's house in los angeles it wasn't los angeles i think it was like city of industry no yeah. it was nearby anyway yeah it was around there and people from southern california are snickering because city of industry is <laughs> not close to los angeles <laughs> yeah. but at any rate he ran a men's house and they did a healing prayer night uh at the parish that the yeah. men's house was kind of uh, associated with and this woman, the line was long. I wasn't on, I was interceding. I wasn't on prayer teams. Right. And this woman was, I think, leaving because the line was long. And Cord was like, hey, can you go run after her and see if she needs prayers? And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I look, I still look up to Cord a great deal at the yes, time. Yes. You know, it was just like gleeful admiration yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. so he was like, go follow this woman and pray for her. And I was yeah. like, yes, yes Cord, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm running after this woman and I, I kept being like, ma'am, 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 yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. She's out of, out of the vestibule. I was like, shoot. Ma'am, ma'am, across the parking lot. So I like book it now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can't yeah. like casually yeah. jaunt and call after. I need to like run after her, catch up with her. So I'm like, ma'am, ma'am. By this point, we're on the sidewalk, you know, busy traffic going oh by. Gosh. Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I just, 
I noticed, you know, you, you were leaving maybe because the line was long. I just, is there, is there anything I can pray for you for? Like, I didn't want you to be able to, didn't want you to miss out on prayer. And, and yeah, sure enough, she was like, yeah, here are all these things. And I was like, oh, wow, great. Okay, well, let's pray. Uh, you know, thinking I was just coming in to intercede and yeah. here I am, you know, being entrusted when I got to children to like pray with in this moment. Yeah. And I remember getting a word and I get the weirdest words from the Lord yeah, when I'm praying yeah. over people. People that know me can attest to this. <laughs> it's just like it's the worst, you know, because it always humiliates me. <laughs> I was praying over my good friend Chris Smith one time. And I got uh, the word a pea, just like a little green pea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was it. No clarity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, nothing further. Green pea. I was like, Chris, I'm so sorry. But this is, the. I, th- <laughs> I think I this is, I think this is, yeah. I don't know. Like, this might be a me, you yeah. know, like, take it with a grain of salt. And what did you have with this woman? And this woman, it was, I think it was a, it was a bird. I don't remember what bird it was, but it was some sort of bird. And mm. she was talking about things with her mother. And wow. so I got two different birds. And I was like, okay, Lord, I can't just like do the classic Ali thing and give this to her because she's not going to know what to do with it or whatever. So yeah. I was like, I wonder what this could mean. Like, and I started thinking about it and turning it over to my, you know, powers of reason and yeah. so on and so forth. And I explained it to her what I thought it meant. And she's like, actually, I think it means literally the opposite <laughs> like, or something like that. And I was like, absolutely humbled. Right. Cause here That's I am trying to make something, you know, sound beautiful or whatever. And, um, yeah, and then she kept walking down the street, and I, I walked <laughs> back to the church kind of thing. But it's just That's like so funny. the randomest things do occur, and you do get into some very intense moments, and people yeah. uh, do have negative reactions sometimes. It's not always a beautiful reaction. But, uh, it, it, it yeah, the Lord absolutely provides just so interesting. random deep encounters, and then you go to the retreat, and it might be like a super average retreat, but you're like, man, I woke up today to talk to that one person at the I gas station that. or whatever. I love that. Um, I, I just rambled on for a while. No, 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 that's beautiful. I, I just wanted to make that connection of like, it did remind me kind of of just missionary life and how random you can have like really profound conversations totally, in strange man, situations totally. with unusual people. And it's very similar to this. So yeah, gosh, I love that. Well, if you guys wa- uh, read this short story, please Do let it. us know your thoughts. Please. Um, but gosh, we hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Though They Die is sponsored by Net Ministries. We have no Patreon yet, so don't go <laughs> looking for it yet i don't think we ever will and that's okay to get in touch with andy and lee email us at though they die at netusa.org and to get involved as a net missionary go to netusa.org slash apply and start the process today god bless and our merch store goes live (laughs) (laughs) there's no more (laughs) 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 (